This is Acceptable Vices for September 11th, 2015. Tonight, Airplanes. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Victor Frost, and this is Acceptable Vices. Here on the show tonight, it's just us boys. We've got Nelson. Hey, Nelson. What are computers? A miserable pile of silicon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh no, I peaked peaked the meter there. That was unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I think I tagged the top of my noise gate too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry for shouting at you, listeners. We still love you. We we do love you. We love you so much. Well, we're going to make it not shouty at you. There we go. Uh, and that hey, actually sounded slightly abusive there. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Cherbs? Yeah, I'm alrighty. Eh? Oh, I got the van going, which is good. Yeah. I thought there was a problem with the starter motor, so I, you know, we crawled underneath and fucking pulled off the covers and. Got into the starter motor and battered it with a hammer and tried to give it a go. Nah, I just clicked. Then nothing. Oh, oh, that's weird. And I was losing all electrics when I, uh, whenever I hit the ignition, Ooh. until I took a terminal off the battery and put it back on. I'm like, oh, okay, so what? That? So, mate, it's a stuck Bendix spring. So we've gone, we've gone, I've got one of my big fucking spanners. Gone in there, whacked it on the harmonic balancer and turned the end whole engine backwards from the harmonic balancer. Because if you've got a stuck Bendix spring, reversing it will allow it to pop back. Mm. So, handy tip for you all. Got in, hit the ignition. Nah, not a carrot. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, is it the battery? And we've tested the battery. Battery's fine, battery's full, you know, no dead cells or anything. Couldn't figure out what it was until I was putting the battery terminal back on after another attempt. I'm like, oh, that's a bit loose. Oh, well, while it's loose, I'll just uh, take it off and clean it up. So I've unscrewed the bolt. As soon as I unscrewed the bolt, I figured out what the problem was. The bolt that holds my secondaries and my ignition terminals together was <laughs> so corroded that it was just making a dead short. <laughs> like right, in, right next to the positive terminal. <laughs> so as soon as I took it all apart, replaced the bolt and cleaned it up with a wire brush, no, it worked. Fucking brilliant. Perfect. Not a problem at all. <laughs> Like Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, corrosion will get you more often than you'd expect. It's like, oh, it's such a simple problem, but nope. It's like the last thing so many people check on. Hey, man, my van is not corroding. I prefer to call it dynamic weight reduction. <laughs> okay. Some uh, some material, a dynamic materials conversion process, perhaps. Yes, exactly. I'm also creating speed holes. <laughs> Yeah, they make you go faster. You see them all the on on the hoods of all the fast cars, so they oh, must yeah. make you go faster, don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, Nelson, you were um, you you being on this show tonight was predicated on an uh, an interesting incident. Would you care to share what that incident was? Yes. So, <clears throat> I was going to go to Magfest. It was going uh-huh. to be fun. Not. Yeah, not full Magfest, only half Magfest. Ah. Uh. There you go. Um, <laughs> and I was going to go down there and help staff the convention. Right. So yesterday, which was a Thursday, I was going to get on a plane, and then I was going to go down there, and then I was going to come back. Well, I went to the airport, JFK. Uh, I went to my gate, and the flight was delayed. And that happens because apparently there was a massive thunderstorm bearing down on the entire East Coast. Uh. Um, or at least the the routes right between D.C. and New York, which are fairly well used. Um, and so there, it was delayed for like two hours, and then the plane actually got to the gate. It was amazing. And all the people disembarked, and they cleaned it up, and we got on the plane. It was a tiny, uh, oh, I forgot what, what kind of plane it was, but it was the tiny, like, one seat and then the aisle and then two more seats. It was like a turboprop, um, right? Yeah, well, it was a, 
Yeah, it was a it was a tiny plane. Um, and we got on, and we waited at the gate for a little bit, like a half an hour, maybe forty five minutes. And I actually, because I I had been looking at the uh, the FAA uh, advisory like mm-hmm. things that were being posted, mm-hmm. um, and I yeah. was trying to decipher the the plain language. Aha. It's fun. It's not very plain language. Um, I like the idea of just Nelson going out in the tarmac and like holding his arms up in front of a plane and being like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was looking, and shit was hitting the fan, basically. Like, there were advisories for route changes, and there were ground holds, and there were... Things were happening that did not look good for flying that not, day. Not, not good um, things. Not good things. Uh, so at some point, right before we were about to leave, I actually called the, the flight attendant over and I was like, hey, would it be possible for me to just deplane and leave? Because I only had a carry-on. I traveled very light. Um, and they were like, usually yes, but we are literally about to close the door. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they closed the door, oh, and we taxied for uh, half an hour, and we <laughs> just took a nice little loop around the JFK runway system. It's a very complicated <laughs> runway system. I, I can imagine. Um, and eventually, the, the captain uh, brought us to a little place way out in the boonies, and basically just parked the plane for a little while. Um, I like to imagine it was the Italian restaurant there. Yeah, he's taking you out somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah, we 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 you know dotted around for a little bit, and then he took us over to like a very out of the way place. Um, <laughs> this is becoming less like a a pleasant date and very much more like a like a crime report. Took you to yeah, an out of well, the way place. He turned off the engine, and uh, then half an hour went by, <laughs> and then came the oh we're going to be delayed for a half an hour situation. <laughs> Which, if you've ever seen the, te- the television show 30 Rock, there was an excellent scene uh, when, uh, when Tina Fey was dating the pilot, and she was the passenger, and they were stuck on the tarmac for uh, numerous hours, and it kept being like, oh, it's going to be half an hour more, half an hour more. Um, and eventually the scene ends with her threatening to uh, hijack the plane and the pilot pulling a gun on her. Um, it is a very intense scene. I but can so imagine we, Tina Fey trying to fly for, a plane. Well, they were still on the ground. Ah. And so, so were we. Ah. Uh, so we sat there for a little over two hours. and uh, then at, thir- at half hour increments. At half hour increments, of course. And as I was sitting there, I was looking at the FAA advisories, and it was like, all right, all the inland routes are fucked. We're going to do the overseas routes. And uh, uh, like half an hour later, the captain was like, we're getting a new route. Uh, We're going to go out to sea a little bit. Um, And then (laughs) about half an hour after that, I saw an advisory that was like, so fuck the overseas routes. We're going to only do... Uh, transcontinental routes, and you have to go like this if you want to go down over Canada um, and whatever. Well, like over, like into the middle of the country, and then back to the east coast. <laughs> um, presumably, stopping <laughs> at an airport along the way, I would imagine. Yeah, because um, those little planes. I don't know. Yeah. So then, uh, half an hour went by, and I saw an an FAA advisory that said. All right, DCA, the uh, Reagan Airport, right. is ground stopped. So no, there will be no planes happening at DCA. <laughs> um, and about half an hour later, uh, I, I actually, so I was sitting in the second row, so I was like chilling with the flight attendant, and I, I called her over and I showed her my phone, and I was like, heads up, it's this is not going to happen. <laughs> and she looked at it, and she was like, oh, yeah, that is not going to happen today. <laughs> um, and then about a half an hour later, we went back to the gate, and I went yep. home. Um, but while we were on the tarmac, the 
that when I said that scene with the with the crazy business and the half hour increments and uh, uh-huh. you know everything from Thirty Rock, yeah. well, that almost happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, because the flight attendant did a drink service. It was just you know handed out waters. Yeah. Um, and one of the passengers who was like a businessman uh, was getting kind of antsy, and he was like. Can we just head back to the gate? Blah 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 blah. Um, and eventually, he asked the flight attendant, "Hey, can you ask the captain to head back to the gate right now?" And she was like, "I can do that after I am done with my drink service." And he said, "How long is that going to take?" And she said, "About half an hour." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... yeah. So that's what happened. That's that's beautiful. That's something special right there. <laughs> yeah, I had uh I was um I flew recently. I flew from um from here in LAX over to the uh over to Reagan, the DCA. I flew to there and then I flew from DCA on a on probably a plane very similar to yours, Nelson, um to uh to Hartford. Which I was very confused upon getting to the Hartford Airport because you live in like Los Angeles or in New York or Boston and you're like, okay, there's the airport and then there's the city like right next to it, right? Because that's, that's how it works in a nice compact space. Um, I was figuring, hey, all right, cool. Get to the airport. There's a shuttle and there's no shuttle. The airport is actually a good far away from, from Hartford, but um, on my trip to DCA from Los Angeles, this big kerfuffle with, with Delta happened. And all of their planes are like delayed for three hours. It was crazy. Um, we were supposed to get to uh, to DCA very, uh, very early in the morning. We ended up getting there less early in the morning. I, I guess that would mean it later. But they gave us um, they gave us free TV and movies and that that's how I watched the Avengers movie, the Age of Ultron, <laughs> and a wee little tiny back of the headrest airport airplane screen thing. See, this is about the time you want to be pulling a rim and fucking playing Civ Five on your laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I kind of wanted to, but my laptop was uh, was stowed. In the uh, no, in my, my check in luggage. Flight, you're even up time for a whole game. <laughs> well, I was uh, so, so I was true. reading and I was watching television. Top Gear was on the TV as well, so I watched a bit of that. But what I really liked, and this is going to sound really strange, I really liked the airplane uh, the airplane safety video. That was pretty cool. Virgins is. Uh, energetic. Energetic. Huh. It's really fun the first time you watch it, and you're like, oh, wow, they're actually doing something fun. And then the, like, fifth time, you're like, okay, okay, it's time for the safety video. And then the tenth time, you're like, why are there fuckers in seats next to me singing along with this video? What the fuck? What? Yes. Did you have did you have co-passengers? Did you have co-passengers that flied enough that they're singing along to the video? Yeah, they were really into it. They're like, "Oh, it's time for the safety video." Hot damn. And they started singing along. <laughs> See, that's why we have videos now. Nobody wants to listen to it when it's a fucking person. Yep. I do think it was kind of weird the United one because it was um <laughs> they made it's like they the entire time um they made an effort for it to show all the safety things without like showing it on the plane like um for buckling the safety for buckling your seatbelts they showed a flight attendant getting into a cab in New York and buckling a a seatbelt that's clearly Clearly an airplane seatbelt, and yet somehow attached to a yellow cab. It was very weird. And then uh, for the the safety exits, 
to show the diagram of the actual plane you're going to be on that had this uh, really beautiful Japanese woman in like a tea house kind of deal. She demonstrated that she was making origami and then she puts her hands down and ma- and like fiddles around like she's making origami. But then when she lifts up, it's like this, you know, superimposed model of the plane. It was really... Maybe she's just very handy with her fingers, man. Not that handy. That was a very fast bit of... uh, That was a very fast transition. Fucking next you're going to tell me that Tupac's really a hologram or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Nelson, you had a question. A what? You had a question, I believe. Oh, yeah, so... Cherba, you are knowledgeable in the aeroplanes. Indeed he is. What is your take on the situation that happened to me uh, yesterday? Wow, was it really yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. First of all, uh, Cherba, how big of a plane did you... You were a flight attendant. How big of a plane did you ever attend on like like full-size commercial 747 or like what the smallest i have worked on is a fokker f100 which is small enough that the other flight attendant in the rear jump actually has to be a very small person (laughs) otherwise it's not gonna fit Because if you put a giant-ass me next to a normal-sized person on those rear jumps, it's like trying to fucking cram 10 pounds of shit in a 9-pound bag. It ain't happening. (laughs) I actually saw, at JFK yesterday, I saw the largest uh, passenger airliner. Ooh. Uh, It's some big-ass double-decker Airbus. Um, It is big. Like, I looked out the window, and this massive I'm I'm in I was in the terminal with all the tiny little planes for the short commuter flights mm-hmm. and then this massive like behemoth comes rolling by and I'm like it, that that can't be real <laughs> it looked it was it looked like twice the size of a 747 it was ridiculous um apparently is like one and a half times the size of a 747 or something crazy like that. Um, uh, but it, it is the full double-decker uh, Airbus, giant Airbus. I just had to check if something was still true, but yes, it is. Is it the largest? No, not quite. This is a much more boring fact. <laughs> if you go to the Wikipedia page for the Fokker F100... One of the aircraft on that page is one of the aircraft I worked on. Ah, let us hmm. see this. Commence podcast well, Wikipedia-ing. <laughs> well, for you guys, I conveniently added a link in the description. I think the audience, I'll just leave it a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yes, your situation yesterday, to get back hmm. a little bit. Yeah. But he, well, it's pretty normal, to be honest. That's a that is a I mean fairly... really I probably would have gone back earlier than that if possible but maybe there was just not a gate open who knows oh. maybe there just wasn't ground equipment to can get you guys out I don't think there was because we still had flights coming in hence why we we went off and parked in the like it was behind all the construction area like it was uh, out of the way yeah parking area Here's something interesting. Did you know that planes don't actually really lock that well? Like, the outer door has a pretty simple lock. There's no Mm -hmm. ignition lock or anything else like that. If you can get in and you know how to start a plane, you can fucking start one. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. well, and on an episode of... Oh, go ahead. You will be shot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you got the the cabin uh, uh, bulletproof door. You've got to close that first to to the cockpit. Uh, the event of you being shot and uh, oxygen masks will descend from the ceiling. It won't help. <laughs> so here's a question. Are there oxygen masks in the um, in the cockpit? Yeah. They, they? they run up a different feed, though. Hold on. See, Nelson, the way it works Nelson, wait is... a minute. Wait a minute. Nelson. 
In the event of an emergency, oxygen masks will drop for all the passengers, but the pilots are screwed. <laughs> well, because I, I look at a cockpit and I see a lot of screens on newer ones and a uh-huh. lot of dialy bits on uh-huh. older ones. And they go around and they go above you and they're like pretty much everywhere. So I don't know where you would fit an oxygen uh. mask. Uh, whether you're the pilot or the co-pilot, depending, it is, it is either immediately down and to your left or down and to your right. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. And it is not a mask like uh, you have in the passenger cabin. It is actually a much different mask with actually a lot more room in the mouth so you can talk and still get air control. It's got microphones and such in it nice. so you can still talk control and things like that, and it is fed off a bottled supply rather than an oxygen generator because all of the drop-down ones in the passenger cabin are run off little chemical generators, so if you pull that string, it is fucking going. It is all oxygen all the time, and nobody's stopping us. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why often when you see, or when, not that you'll probably see it, to be honest, but uh, when you pull and start an oxygen generator in the, in the passenger cabin when things are going down, that's why you often get quite a smoky, burning smell in the cabin. It's because the dust on top of the generators is burning because those things get really fucking hot. Hmm. What about the uh, what about the whole dentist office smell in, in the cabin? And they also have uh, bottled supplies off the Scott bottles that you can use. Hmm. What about that really chemically dentist office kind of smell in the cabin? That's uh, that's a fresh plane smell. Yeah, that's a new plane smell. Yeah. All air fresheners dangling from the rear view mirror and everything. Oh, yeah. Is that so? Actually, fucking $8 million plane doesn't have a fucking rear view mirror. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about that. Planes do back up, but well, it's usually with the... Uh, uh, what yeah, should we call it? Yeah. They're, they're being pushed. Yeah. With the pusher robot. <clears throat> yeah, the pusher Which robot. Which makes you question why it's called a tug if they push. Well, I'm, don't sh- they... I'm sure that they have tugged. Also well, because they're named after the boat. Well, hold on. Yes. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. I'm, I'm thinking back. No. Okay. Every time I saw an airplane go into the terminal, into, not, you know, out of, it always came in under its own power. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come in under their own power, but when you back away from the gate... Yeah, it's with the, you the tug. You are most often being pushed by a tug, yeah. yeah. Fun so fact, you actually have to be really light on the throttle when you're going into the gate, uh, no, otherwise yeah. you get an airplane situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and much like New Jersey, that's the kind of situation that you don't want to have around you. That was a really dodgy joke about the no, yeah, Weedo guys. A... But it yeah, just sounded like I was situation. insulting New Jersey. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it works for both, and I think it's uh, accurate for both. I think I'm even sorry, New, New Jersey, Jersey insults New Jersey. Yeah. I, I, can't, I didn't mind New Jersey, but then again, the last time I was in New York, I was either staying at a dodgy hotel or fucking Staten Island military base. So, hmm. sorry, naval <coughs> base. Let's be specific, because, like, there's more than one. Uh-huh. No. Ah. <laughs> but that is a long story for another time. Ah. So. Yeah. But yeah, the thing is that when you're at a gate, if you tr- you could reverse on the tarmac in a plane, well, provided you're on an aircraft that has thrust reverses or the like instead of just standard air brakes, but most do. Or a similar arrangement, anyway. But if you were on, say, a commercial jet and you engaged the thrust reverses and then throttled up while you were at the gate, you would probably fucking just blow out every window <laughs> right next Ooh. to the terminal. Because <laughs> those things put out a lot of force. I mean, you're trying to move a 20 ton jet through the air. It's not going to be just a gentle and a feet little You know what I miss? The last time, I think I flew from Rochester to New York City one time, and it had a little propeller plane. That was fun. That was... That was a different experience. I have a rule. If it, the plane is small enough that the pilot is comfortable wearing shorts instead of <laughs> proper trousers, then you can fuck off and get me a real plane. <laughs> it was it was real small. Well, 
You know, actually, you were talking about the uh, the thrust reversers for the jet engine, and it reminded me yes. there was um, somebody put out uh, a video on YouTube about how they 3D <laughs> printed a uh, God. What the hell was that engine called? It was a uh, a GE Gen X one B seven eighty seven. Yeah, seven eighty seven jet engine, um, and that thing went went like a goddamn motherfucker was pushing around a skateboard and everything it was amazing and it looked super super nice i put a link in the uh in the chat courses are actually really really clever oh yeah i don't know who thought them up off the top of my head but they're fucking smart bit of kit Mm -hmm. because basically obviously when you've got a giant jet engine spinning at a couple of bajillion rpm that's the technical measurement, you understand. Yes. You are obviously not going to just whack that puppy in reverse with the stick shift and just start <laughs> spinning rubber backwards. <laughs> and, no. and sometimes they can't even Basically, they can't even be made to go backwards just because of the design aerodynamic design of the uh, the turbo fins thing going on there. Exactly. They go one way. That's that. Yep. But a thrust reverser is basically a bunch of vanes that come in and block the exit of the engine. So, where all it would normally exhaust. Mm-hmm. Technical terms, obviously. That's an actual <laughs> no, technical term this time. <laughs> but, yes. It basically throws these veins in front of the exhaust and opens out a, another area for the, for the exhaust to come out so that now your thrust is going forward instead of backward. And that is how planes break when they hit the runway. Yep. Hmm. Because if you stopped on the foot brakes, because they do actually have brakes on the landing gear, if you stopped on those <laughs> brakes, you would just blow out a tire like that. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. One little foot, one little uh, tire brake versus what? A how many ton plane? What is this? It's, it's just enormous. Say little, it's not... but those tires are fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> but compared to the plane. Well, compared to the plane, they're relatively small. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like putting it'd be like putting uh, bicycle brakes on a Ford F one fifty. It's not gonna fucking work. I'm pretty sure that's what they already have. Fucking American <laughs> engineering. But um, if you want to get a nice visual of those uh, the thrust reverser, there's a link in the show notes for the uh, the model 787 jet engine, which does have thrust reversers, and it just show and it does show how it works. So you can get a nice visual looking at that, and it is such a cool little thing too. Right. Makes Any further proper- questions? I don't know. What uh? What do you keep, think? Keep going here. What, well, you never answered. What was the biggest plane you've been on? You'd said the smallest one. What was oh yeah, that? I never What's got the... around to the end of that, did yeah, I? Yeah, no. Too busy looking at that fucking Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, let's see. The biggest plane I have worked on is a seven four seven. The largest plane I have been on is a fucking Airbus A three eighty. Ooh. Ooh, you've been on one of them. They are. Yes. What are they like on the inside? Because that thing looks like uh, like a steamship. <laughs> hey, uh, with with all the rich people is... on the top layer and all the riffraff on the below deck. Yeah, the the first <laughs> uh, the top front is uh, the first class cabins, hmm. um, and then the second class is uh, in the top back. There's a and then bar. the riffraff can get the the lower levels. They have a Good bar on first. it. That's like, fancy. It, when I first walked in, I'm just like, well, this is a fucking, this is a brand new plane. This is dead fancy. But size-wise, my brain just went, oh, yeah, no, this is 747 size. But after <laughs> I'd been in there for a little bit, I was just like, I started noticing all the small differences where it's like, oh, this should be, oh, that's that's a bit of far over, isn't it? Oh, no, wait, this is a bigger plane. Shit, this plane's big. <laughs> <laughs> it, the small details that just kept going, this plane's big. Fucking big. Big. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I'm, I wasn't able to visit the top deck on that occasion because uh, I wasn't able to secure a flight that one of my mates was working on. Yeah, <laughs> that was when I flew Emirates back from England. Uh, so. But it's the Emirates that has the, the fancy bar going on in there. Yeah. yeah. Emirates has got fancy everything, believe me, son. <laughs> Although I think now, arguably, the fanciest planes are the uh, the Virgin Airlines planes where they're like first class pod people pods 
That's not what pod people mean. <laughs> no, I know. It's just they have pods. Uh, Virgin Atlantic uses Virgin America. I think uses um, like seven thirty sevens or the Airbus equivalent. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a mid mid sized mm-hmm. hatchback. Just did a guess. I don't know what planes they fly off the top of my head in the states. Yeah, it looks like the uh, Virgin Atlantic uses a lot of 747s, uh, 787, and a bunch of air Airbuses. What does three cabin mean? I'm sorry. Uh, There's this uh, this Airbus A330, and it says three cabin. Oh. It's got. Uh, uh, three crazy. cabin service basically means that you've got economy business first. To my oh, opinion. I see. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, this this looks not fun. They're not actually separate unless you count a curtain as being separate. No, the uh, the the economy class uh, with the the two and then the four and then the two with the two aisles. Yeah, hmm. those are those lovely. are those are not fun. It's just, it's so interesting to see how giant, how giant these planes can get and then kind of look back and realize that, well, not, not even like 200 years ago, we were like, not even, full not size, even 100 years ago, not even, you sure about that commercial, uh, uh no, 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 not commercial. I mean like planes completely. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like not yeah, even okay. two hundred years ago, we had we were making not them one hundred and twenty years ago. Okay, fine. Somebody's been Wikipediaing. <laughs> no, nineteen oh fucking nineteen oh fucking the Wright huh? brothers. Yeah, nineteen oh something. Fine, nineteen. Let's, let's go with nineteen oh fucking. Back in nineteen oh fucking, <laughs> we had planes made out of wood and sheets and he- and steered using like physical cables from. Things in the front, we could barely fly them like 150 feet, and it was amazing. And now we have giant ass air whales going through oh, the man. sky at like hundreds of miles an hour. 1903. What? It was actually 1903. Fine, 1903. Not even a hundred and not even 150 years. Giant ass air right. whales flying through the air at like 300 or. 300 you know miles an Five, hour 500. 500 500 miles an hour fine because we want them to because we don't want to take a wagon from one place to another and that's amazing well, we, could, we could be flying through the air at uh like mach 1.2 <laughs> no there's no need there's no need for the concord no there's no need but it was so nice <laughs> from a purely like, this is the future perspective. I'm so sad I never got to ride in a Concorde. Well, except Me for one neither. Concorde. That was Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. Clarkson <laughs> in his book. Hang on. I got this thing here. Well, just don't visit France. Jeremy Clarkson so in, his, um, France were great. in his books, oh, yeah. I Know oh. You Got Soul, he really, really laments the Concorde. Like, he's got, like, full-color pages all about the Concorde. In this book, he really loved oh, it. Oh, look, they've even got that one Concorde I wouldn't want to fly on. Yeah. <laughs> she crashed two minutes. Actually, uh, fun fact, Vic, if, uh, if you hold up that picture again, yeah, that's what my ass looks like after a Vindaloo bender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, airplanes, they are cool. They are great. We like them very they are much. Indeed. And also, they're great. an essential skill. If you're a young aspiring flight attendant, learn how to fart silently. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Uh, what, what did you call that again? Air, the, Had a very good word. I'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> when you get up in the air, the lower pressure means that basically gas expands, including <laughs> the gas in your guts. And that's got to go somewhere. It ain't coming up. It's going down. <laughs> So basically, you learn the trick of releasing a little bit of fast with each step, just like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the Jetsons car. <laughs> Probably how the Jetsons car was powered. Very futuristic. 
But uh, no, this is a practice called crop dusting because you are evenly dusting your farts across the field. <laughs> Maybe that's the smell. <laughs> also, that's part of the smell. If you pack like three to five hundred fucking humans in a tube where they're all going to be sitting there breathing and farting and sweating and burping and I'm never going on a plane again. Dodgy <laughs> Oh, yeah. you think, no, no. Being on a plane is probably the better place to be. The place you don't want to be is on the sky bridge when they open the door on arrival. The wave of sheer Whoosh. fucking poisonous funk <laughs> rolls out like a fucking. It's like the fog when the crypt keeper opens the goddamn door in those old TV specials. It's fucking horrifying. You cut it with a fucking chainsaw and serve it up like cheesecake. Well, that's that's where airplane food comes from. Oh, what <laughs> Nelson? That's just that's that's just messed. Up. Actually, actually, I can't I can't make any airplane food jokes anymore because on all, pretty much all uh, domestic flights there is no more airplane food. Yeah, and on the international flights, it's not the worst. It, it was. I don't think. There are any dishes, and I could be wrong, I don't think there are any dishes on international flights that are as bad as domestic American airplane food was in, like, the late 90s. In fact, I'll guarantee you that that is possibly some of the worst food in the world. I would rather eat an MRE. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mid-90s American airline food. You know what? I, I recently went on a very long train journey. And by very long, I mean like a few hours. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, six hours, whatever. It wasn't a sleeper car? No, it wasn't a sleeper car. Although I could have gone on a sleeper train. But um, no, I went on a like a three-hour train journey from um, right near my house in Chatsworth to, um, to San Diego. And that was a fantastic experience. It was great. Uh, compared to my plane uh, trip, while the plane was able to get me from point A to point B, comparatively, like, fantastically faster, you know, comparing, like, I don't know, 300 miles to thousands of miles, like, what, two and a half, three thousand miles? Um, mm-hmm. I think I would much rather take a train across the country than take a plane. It well, was just here's, so, so much better of an experience. We got free here's wine on I, the train. We got free wine. That was great. That's true. Free wine, free food. Um, yeah. Here's my travel plans, generally speaking. This is my travel heuristic. What's your, your if head. it is less than four hours, I will take a train or bus, maybe. I hate buses so much. Yeah. Uh, but I will take a train or, like, a bolt bus or something. So, like... Uh. When I go to PAX East, uh, just take the bolt bus because it's like 15 bucks. Hmm. Uh, and it's about four hours. If it is longer than four hours, I will take a plane all the time. Because hmm. on the East Coast, Amtrak, for anything greater than around four hours, uh, it is about the same price as a flight. And it is... Any flight on the East Coast is about an hour. Hmm. Like, New York to D.C., it's about an hour. Uh, New York to Rochester, it's about an hour. It's actually about, like, 45 minutes, and then there's, you know, taxiing and stuff. Like, any plane trip that is less than a 10-hour drive away is effectively instantaneous. Because most of the time is getting to the airport and, like, taking off and doing the little the little circly loop-de-loo, waiting to land. Like, the actual time in flight is always, like, half an hour. Actually, I have a question for you. Hmm. From the air to the ground this time. Hmm. Does MTA really stand for motherfuckers touching my ass? Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, even so, I mean, I'm with you on the, I'm with you on your heuristic. I think it's, I think it's good. And I think it's, you know, a, you know, 
right now with current technology and routes and everything, I think it's fine. Um, and economics wise, it's it's pretty good too. I mean, you, once you get it's past the same price, yeah, I know an eight hour train ride and a half an hour plane ride are literally the same price. What the fuck is Amtrak doing? I don't know. I don't know. Controlling the fucking market. That's why. But I mean, if I had if I had money to burn, if I had money to burn, I would much much rather take like a two week long train journey from Los Angeles to say New York. You know, take a two week long train journey. See, you say that, but what is the longest train journey you've ever taken? Oh, because after about like eight hours, it gets to it starts getting to you. No, no. I mean, I, longest train journey I've taken has been was was that one. It was like three and a half, four hours. So, oh, that's 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 no, like a jaunt. I, that's a day. That's a right. stroll. But the two week long train journey, you know, you stay at hotels during the during the process not like the train is constantly going you go and then you stop in seattle and you stay overnight unless you're riding the snowpiercer train (laughs) then the train never stops no the the train never stops but you take like Um, a two week you you stop in like seattle and then you go and you stop at like some beautiful vistas and some town somewhere and then you go and you stop in chicago and then you then you finally get to new york i would take a two-week-long train journey if i was taking it rich person class whatever the richest class there is with private you know everything well at that point you're Uh, you're taking a train cruise so you are already in pretty rich person class at that point that's true but I would also only take it if the train itself was fancy. Oh, I think these trains are fancy. Hold on, let me look it up. Like, if it is a train where you see it and you're like, ah, oh, there are rich people on that train, then I would take it. Yep. If it's like a regular Amtrak, whatever, then no. no. Um, oh, no. Also, my heuristic will hopefully be uh, rendered null and void if we ever get uh, high-speed rail on either of the coasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what I want is high-speed rail going like straight from LA straight across the country to like New York or you know well, even one of the Virginias. Oh, this is a good campaign strategy. Mm. Hillary Clinton. East Coast high-speed rail. West Coast high speed rail, intercontinental high speed yes. rail. Yes. In, yeah, intracontinental yeah. high speed rail, rather. Yeah. Intercontinental ballistic train cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make an H across the country. That would be a project that I would get behind. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, there's actually some talk of building the Tesla Hyperloop out here instead of in the States. That would also be good. Because we just have so much more space to put it in that nobody really owns or is terribly bothered about. All right. Well, I think we've kind of exhausted uh, the train, uh, the plane conversation, because now we're moving into train, and that's a completely different subject, which we're going to save for another episode. Um, One last thing. Go ahead. Here's my hottest flying tip short of become a flight attendant, because those security passes get you fucking everywhere. (laughs) Anyway, the hottest tips are pack light, as Nelson does. Good work, Nelson. Golf clap. Be nice to the flight attendants. Smiles, pleases, thank yous. Mind your P's and Q's. Do what they say, and not just because not doing what flight attendants say is literally a federal crime. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. We can arrest you, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking call me a sky waitress, you prick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also... Here is the fucking real king killer. You fucking go and get... You know those assortment boxes of, like, kind of decent chocolates, like a box of lint balls or, you know, shit like that? Yeah. You know, about the $10 range, whatever. Yeah, sure. Grab one of those, and as you're stepping onto the plane, just 
hand it over to the lead flight attendant and just say, oh, here's for you guys, that's what you do. And then carry on go on your seat. They will remember your face. They know who you are. It may not always get you good things, but it will always certainly get you an easier experience because the flight attendants will be doing anything they can to help you out. But the thing is that don't expect it. It might yeah. not happen. Yeah. And also, if you go in with that air of, like, I'm expecting something in return for this, thanks for the chocolates, but you ain't getting shit. Booyah. <laughs> I didn't know giving so, flight attendants chocolates was a, was a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. chocolates, snacks, you know, whatever sort of thing you would give to a group of people as a small token gift. Bottle hmm. wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we've got plenty of those already. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know of a has, you know, like those chests that you put at the end of your bed as like a decorative thing? Hmm. I, when I was a kid, that was an actual chest that I actually yeah. used. It wasn't decorative. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly, well, they, as opposed to just having a flat box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she had one of those, and she had been working for longer than I was when I knew her, but by the time she retired, she had one of those in her house that was just literally full of fucking mini bottles. Uh, <laughs> she is... could have catered a thousand tiny parties with that shit. <laughs> it was amazing. Tiny parties. Tiny little bitty parties. All right. Well, that was a, this is a good episode, but uh, let's see. Where were we? We're at 49 minutes, give or take in. Um, we, have, we have two questions in the Q&A, both from a viewer named Madeline Jackson. First one says, hi. Hi. That is not a question, but hi. It was. It was. I answered it already. Well, in the Q&A thing. Uh, the second one is, do you like Jasper from Steven Universe? Yes. Cherba has no opinion because he hasn't yet seen Steven Universe. Nelson. Jasper. Uh, there you go. Okay. I have seen the first handful of episodes. Okay. Well, you, you have quite a bit to catch up on. Yes. Also, I would like to apologize to Miss Jackson because I am, in fact, for eels. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> this motherfucker's got a gem for a nose. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, considering that when I googled for this character, it came up with a lot of fan art that I presume is gender swapped. Let me see. It's just that I don't know which one. No, is hang on, is hang on, <laughs> hang on. Was the character's name? No, no, I'm googling for it. No, Nelson, if you're going to watch the series, don't don't Google for it. No, all the okay. fan art I'm seeing here is not gender swapped. This is all... She's just a very, very burly character. Oh, is she okay. the one with the... this? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I with, the, I with the helm? No idea. With the, like with the, the helmet thing? Yeah. yeah. Very... I like the character design. It's very like, you know, 80s cartoon action barbarian hero. Yeah, she is very aggro. And plus, here's a secret. I kind of like that big poofy hair thing. Ah, The big poofy hair is the best. (laughs) She's got this just like, it's everywhere. It's great. Uh, alrighty then. Well, that was. That... Grabbing this person by the face, for don't be grabbing people by the face, lady. That's not cool. Ah, uh, she does. This, don't don't she, grab well, this bird by the face. Like I said, she's super aggro. <laughs> Anywho, well, I guess that's that. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug? For the mm, uh, play Rocket League. Play Rocket, yes. play Rocket League. League. Super liminal messaging. Play Rocket League. Super liminal messaging. <laughs> okay. Rocket Church? League tip of the week. Practice your aerials and other assorted things. Not in the practice mode, but in exhibition matches versus bots because it better simulates the conditions of a real match. Mm-hmm. And unlike a real match, even in the unranked mode, you're not going to have a shower of idiots trying to aerial and failing, knocking you out of the way because <laughs> the AI can't fucking handle aerials. <laughs> Also, a very good beginner tip for aerials. Come at it from the bottom of your car. Don't try to hit it with the nose of your car. You will not hit it. Aim 
Aim with your center of gravity, the point that your car rotates around. Otherwise, you will miss like a clown, and everybody will laugh at you. Like, ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Okay. My a little uh, bit faster at the end, but you get there. Okay. We'll workshop it. Anyways, <laughs> my uh, my pick for you guys is a video of a dude uh, who has done a uh, an animation in his notebook and has set it to uh, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's a nice little 15-second video. Very funny because there is butts involved. And uh, Okay. Yeah, there you go. I do have an actual plug, by the way. Ah, okay, then. <laughs> As opposed to just play Rocket League because that's, League. that's less of a plug and more just good life advice. Nah. But yes, you may have heard me mention before the Box Fox plush toys, along with the Cube Bear. Yeah. And the Takiyaki Carp. I can't pronounce it still. Like Sam's told me how to say it. But anyway. Uh, basically, Mammoth's, Mammoth Moderno, the store that you bought them from, has a shed load of new stuff in it. So you should check that business out and buy many things because it's all good stuff. Yep. Buy things. And plus, like, come on, look at that art. That art is fucking adorable and gorgeous, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Buy things from our friends. At some point, we will yes. have things. Maybe we ourselves will have things for you to buy. I don't know. Do you guys think we should make, like, T-shirts? <laughs> I don't know what we'd put on them. I don't know. Hands up, not it. <laughs> uh, I actually do want to plug something. I have a T-shirt... That is uh, DJ Pusheen mm. that Charlotte got me. Mm-hmm. It's Holy shit. Tweet. That's adorable. It's, it's, an, it's excellent. That's amazing. Yep. That's Someone, adorable. I don't know who, if it was actually Facebook or the original designer or who, mm. but they printed out t-shirts with all the different Pusheen and they were kind of adorable. Okay. Alrighty then, well that's Apparently the show. A web comic. No. Yeah, yeah, Pusheen is a webcomic, yeah. Alrighty then, uh, well Claire that is Nelson the show. Thank you to Nelson and Cherva, and we will we will you you will hear from us next week. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> On Friday night party line. Thank you, Nelson. I was trying to be nice for you, Cherba. Trying to be nice. I know. Yeah. I appreciate it. Acceptable Vices is brought to you in part by Jack's Auto Body and Paint, providing automotive repair and award-winning paintwork for car lovers in the San Fernando Valley and beyond. For more information, call 818-951-5996. That's 818-951-5996.